Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle, and joining me once again is Eric. Say hello, Eric. Hello, everyone. It's me, Eric. That, that's Eric. Yep. Uh, so, like I mentioned on my previous episode, uh, we're going to be going through shorter, quick reviews of uh, the movies that we're going to be watching. And since today is September 1st, we are starting my Halloween coverage and 60 Days of Halloween, which I am super excited about. Except for the fact that this year is also going to be rough because I'm focusing on personal fears, starting with my fears of being a parent. Uh, so each week we're going to be doing um, themed episodes going into a lot more depth, really discussing how these movies address our fears. But in the uh, weekly episodes leading up to it, just the quick reviews over each movie. So uh, in this first episode, we're going to be talking about A Quiet Place. Uh, and with each movie, we're going to be going through five criteria. Outside information, such as hype or um, nostalgia or just other things that we had heard about the movie, so on and so forth. Technical components, emotional aspect, like, you know, how did we feel about the movie, regardless of how well it was done. Um, the rewatchability and who we recommend it for. So, Eric, let's get started. Uh, with let's the, do this. With the outside information, what do, you, what do you got on that? So, for me, I didn't actually see this movie in the theaters, but I had been looking forward to it for a really long time, just based on the premise alone. Like, I think that um, just the idea of living in a world where you can't make any kind of noise or you'll be murdered is terrifying. Um, but, I mean, this the hype machine for this movie was kind of impossible to escape. I mean, it got fantastic reviews. It was a huge hit something totally different from anything else that John Krasinski had ever had ever really done, especially as a director. Um, so for me, I don't know. Do you want to get into your Did, hype part before I get into how it affected how I felt about the movie? Uh, or, yes. Okay. How, how much of the um, like, previews and and uh early reviews like how much of that did you read oh i read everything i don't read spoilers like I, I i try to just read the reviews that just give you an idea about the movie but and so i didn't know anything about the story or like any of the plot developments or anything beforehand but i always i do rotten tomatoes and letterboxd and i watch all the trailers like i'm not afraid of <laughs> watching movies to spoil things for myself i mean right. watching trailers and stuff to spoil for the most part well so for me um We've talked about this before, at least I've talked about it before uh, in various aspects, where I love horror movies that uh, that really that don't rely on jump scares, but rely on actual terror. Mm. And for me, that means a lot of the quote unquote boring horror movies are actually really, really good. Right. So, yeah, like some of the early hype that I had heard of like, it's amazing. And then hearing some horror people like, oh, it's like boring and a slow burn. I'm like, oh, sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Right. That means that it's actually going to like focus on the characters. So I, I, for me, there was enough of the outside information and, and hype to be like, all right, it looks amazing. But because some of these people don't think it's amazing, I think that it's actually probably going to be in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that for sure. But then I intentionally avoided like any spoilers. I intentionally avoided any like in-depth reviews. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I had kind of a mixed expectation. Uh, the mm -hmm. trailers made it look amazing and yeah, it, it looked great. Mm -hmm. So I really like the movie. I do a lot. Um, I do feel like maybe I was a little overhyped in that I wasn't necessarily disappointed, but it maybe didn't quite reach up to the high expectations that I had because I have a tendency of 
overhyping myself like that. Um, but it's still a fantastic movie. Like I really like it. And I don't like, I've heard people say that it's a slow burn, but I don't really feel like it is. I think maybe they just see, think that way because it's silent, I guess it is a little bit slower maybe for like the first 30, 45 minutes or so. But once you hit that like halfway mark, it's like this movie's not slow at all. Like this movie is tense. I mean, it is, but even with that, it's tense. It's not scary. And I think that that's something, uh, you know, like, especially when people talk about like quote elevated horror Mm. and, and I get why some people in the horror community hate that phrase. Cause it's like, no, all horror is wonderful. That's a much longer conversation. We don't have time for, uh, in this episode, Mm. but like, I, I get it kind of in the sense that it is focusing more on that dread and that intensity Mm. and not the, the immediate fear, you know, uh, like the monsters aren't scary. Mm-hmm. The, just that overwhelming sense of dread is what's scary. Mm-hmm. And what really makes it work is I guess, because it's a little bit slower in the beginning, because it really takes the time to establish these characters, not just establish them, but have to do that visually because they can't really talk. I mean, they have, they do sign language and there's subtitles in there, but for the most part, like you get to know these people because of, the way that they behave like there's a great scene with well i don't want to get into too many spoilers but i mean basically there's a scene between john krasinski and emily blunt that's just like super sweet and tender and you just know like within um, two minutes that this is a couple who loves each other and really care about each other and that makes the latter half so much more tense because you really care about these people yeah and they're people that you're rooting for yeah well let's let's go ahead and uh, dive into the technical components mm. then because you've already started addressing some of that no, I have where bit, yeah that's fine <laughs> uh where yeah it is it does rely so heavily on on the physical action they use sign language they're subtitles so you can actually see what the you know dialogue is mm-hmm. but like any good movie show don't tell mm-hmm. you know like uh, movies where it's like i'm gonna spend the next five minutes explaining how i feel yeah. about something it's just like no spend two seconds showing me how you feel right uh, and that scene that you were just talking about you know it it is so sweet and they don't need any words because mm-hmm. yeah it, it is just done so well and and the acting really conveys who these characters are the Again, acting yeah, is phenomenal i mean it's so good the only thing is that John Krasinski relies a little too much on putting his finger to his lips to shh people, even though he doesn't say shh, he just puts his fingers to his li- finger to his mouth. <laughs> well, but it's not really that. That's not that's just a super nitpicky thing. I, I watched the uh, Honest trailers for it recently, and it does like a super cut of all the times he puts his finger to his mouth, and it's like, man, he does that a lot in that movie. But don't you think that that actually makes it more realistic? Like, well, yeah, think absolutely. Of most people and they're just quirks that they. I have. do it all the time in in real life anyway, and I don't have to worry about monsters eating me if my kids make. <laughs> noise so <laughs> well and you know like some people talk with their hands like i talk with my hands oh, I a do lot. Too, all the time so if i couldn't say anything and i was trying to tell someone to be quiet you would bet that my finger would just constantly be at my lips you're like nope nope quiet so <laughs> it might be excessive but it makes it more realistic mm. but yeah it's great i mean technically this movie is practically flawless i mean the sound design is wonderful it's <laughs> As, 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 you, as your chair creaks. <laughs> <laughs> the sound design on this podcast is <laughs> adequate. We should have John Krasinski come in and do the do the production on this podcast. I would love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, the acting's great. Uh, they do fantastic world building in this movie. The way that you just know so much about what their life is like and what they've had to go through and how they have to kind of prepare themselves 
to make sure that they don't make as much as or make as little noise as possible. Um, they're just like little details all throughout the movie, like the yeah. sand pathway that they walk on. And like, you can tell that they really put a lot of effort into it, but it's not one of those things where they just kind of like say, Hey, we need to go put more sand out on the thing. So that way we can be, the monsters won't hear us. You know, yeah, it's like, they, they, they just don't show you how the world exactly. is. Exactly. There are some movies where there would be a scene of someone saying, I need to go to town to pick up more sand <laughs> so that we can quiet our footsteps. This one just no, it just has some sprinkling sand. It does have it does have the expository whiteboard, which was a little much for me. Where it's like three monsters in the area. What's the weakness? And it's like uh, yeah. And, and they I'm, have the the newspaper in the beginning. There's like a newspaper that's like it's sound. Like we we know that it's sound. But, but here's the, all right. So here's the thing that I actually enjoy about that. Some movies use the uh, the newspaper or the news broadcast as a we're going to tell you what happened, but like spend a lot of time really mm-hmm. explaining what happened. I like the fact that this was just like just a newspaper. It's yeah. just like oh yeah, okay, that is all that we need to know about it. Mm. I mean, he doesn't spend time explaining the whiteboard. It's just there while he's doing things. Right. So and it's kind of a necessary yeah. device, I guess, in a way. I, I feel like it's a little hand holding, but I mean, this is a, this was like a wasn't really. It's kind of an art housey kind of horror movie, just because of the premise and the fact that it's pr- basically a silent movie that was made in 2018, which yeah. is kind of awesome that it was such a huge hit because John Krasinski's making silent films cool again. Um, but yeah, well, I, and I, I, it's I a little th- much at, at times, but it's not overly distracting. It, yeah. And it's not the kind of thing that's only distracting to uber nerds like me <laughs> sure and i mean there are some plot holes i mean there are some things about it that when i was watching i was like i don't mm. Mm. i do feel like there are times where people make, make dumb decisions they make dumb decisions and it feels like it's more in service of plot than it is like a logical decision or a logical is not the right word but you know what i mean it's right. like there it's they only made that decision because the plot necessitated it yeah and i mean there might be some of that and there are some things where it's like okay um uh, like for instance when you're around something louder than the noise that you make isn't as loud. Mm-hmm. So like, why don't they just move someplace louder? Right. So, I mean, there are some things that's like, that doesn't really make sense. That's a flaw. That's a plot hole. But people who focus on that are stupid. I, I <laughs> don't know if I would go that far. I, it's just, I mean, but... it's one of those things where it's like, you have to have certain concessions in a premise like this i mean you have to get over you have to suspend your disbelief to a certain degree well and that kind of i don't like the plot hole nazis true and that don't actually understand the next piece of you know how did we feel about the movie so like i absolutely loved it i thought that it was beautiful the the emotional aspect like yeah there were some dumb decisions but they were realistically dumb decisions Mm -hmm. that like that's actually part of why i chose it as one of my movies um, for my personal fears of parenting mm. is because one simple decision set everything in motion in just the most horrific way possible. And just, it was a gut wrenching for me. And I saw it when my wife was seven or eight months pregnant. So it was very real and plot holes aside. Like I was so captivated during the movie mm. and, and I didn't care about some of the little things and like, where did they get the sand? I don't care. They use sand. That's all that I need to know. They're like they the only people things. around apparently. So they can probably find sand or sand at some, any hardware store. I mean, they're probably resources, an abundance of resources for them, I would say. But yeah. yeah, no, I think like as a parent, especially this movie is absolutely, it's moving and it's gut wrenching and it's just incredibly tense. Like as far as emotions go, like that's what this movie do, does best is it just totally puts you through the emotional ringer in terms of everything that happens. 
and it's not even and it doesn't really ever feel cheap or exploitative for the yeah. most part i mean it's it's like sincere emotional a sincere emotional response it's not like they're just contriving some kind of plot point to make you cry or something like it feels very sincere and genuine yeah the way that things it are set feels up. like <clears throat> real people <clears throat> going through a very unreal situation rather than very unreal people dealing with whatever mm. um all right so rewatchability for me um i don't know like i i was about to say oh it's totally rewatchable mm-hmm. but then i hesitated because it's like that it was kind of hard to watch not yeah i don't mean hard to watch in the sense that like it was unpleasant to watch but with that fear of i'm about to be a dad when i f- uh, first saw it there is that little sense of like, I, how often do I want to put myself through this? Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely amazing. And for me, like I definitely am going to own it mm-hmm. because I do see myself rewatching it. Oh, Maybe yeah, not so. a lot, but enough for, for me, it's worth a buy. I think it's super rewatchable. Honestly, like the more I think about it, the more I feel like this movie, it's very similar to Jurassic Park in a lot of ways in terms of like the way it has set it sets up its set pieces and the way that it um i mean it's just like once you get to that latter half it's just like set piece after set piece in terms of like different things happening and i think it's just it's super entertaining uh it's very interesting there's a lot of little details you can pick up on the more you watch it i'm sure i've only seen it once but i mean i already want to go back and try to pick up on all the little details that i missed um but yeah i think it's super rewatchable it's a fun movie it's it's great yeah yeah, full stop. A- absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, all right, so who to recommend it for? I would recommend it for anybody who is interested in movies <laughs> and horror movies. <laughs> if <laughs> I I am going to disagree with you so because I have friends who absolutely love horror who do not like this movie because really? they think that it's slow uh, or it's because slow. it's focusing on the wrong thing. So I I would say I guess if you have a short attention span and you can't really like if you if you really need a lot of dialogue and you need things to be explained to you maybe you wouldn't like this movie or if you like horror movies because of the monster uh yeah so, so for example one of my friends who doesn't enjoy a quiet place absolutely hates the babadook so if tisk, you tisk. did not i agree but if you <laughs> did not enjoy the babadook then you might not enjoy a quiet place if you did enjoy the babadook i think that you are absolutely going to love a quiet place I definitely recommend it for horror fans. Mm, absolutely. I recommend it for people who aren't horror fans. There are some jump scares. So if you just completely hate horror movies, expect some jump scares. But it's not the kind of movie that like you're going to go to bed with nightmares of these monsters coming to get you. Yeah. The monsters aren't really shown very much. Again, kind of like Jurassic Park. Like the, yeah. Again, the more I think about it, I feel like if you like Jurassic Park, I feel like you would like this movie it's for the most part. Jurassic Park, I guess, is maybe more of a thriller if you really want to stick wrong to strict. it's horror it is horror no but i mean in terms of the way that people perceive it um but yeah i mean if you like being thrilled if you like to watch movies to have an emotional response to them in some way then this movie is absolutely a movie that you're going to like because it's going to put you through every kind of emotion imaginable if you like heavy dramas you're going to love a quiet place because it is a heavy drama that just happened to have some monsters. I think it's a really good movie in terms of bridging that gap between being popular entertainment and something more artsy, I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's really good at kind of 
riding that line in between where it's just like great popular entertainment, but it also has a little bit more going on under the surface. Yeah, completely agree. All right. So that's been it for this episode of our coverage of A Quiet Place. Um, The next episode that we're going to do in our 60 Days of Halloween coverage is Cargo, which deals with very similar themes, and it's continuing on with my week of fears in parenting. Uh, Eric, where can people find you on the social medias? Um, You can find me on Twitter at... Eric J. Harris. That's J-A-Y. Um, on Letterboxd, I think it's just Eric J. Um, but my name is actually Eric Harris on there. So if you search Eric Harris, I'm sure you'll find me. Um, and I'm on Facebook too, Eric Harris. There's probably a whole bunch of other Eric Harris's on there, but you'll find me. I live in Cleveland, Tennessee. If you want to stalk me, this is the way to do it. You can. I'm giving you everything. Don't. Actually, yes, do stalk him. Stalk us. That'll be interesting, at least. Uh, and you can find me on... Twitter at the underscore gargoyle, uh, Facebook and Instagram, just the gargoyle. And uh, if you enjoy this episode of the gargoyle podcast, you can find more episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play or anchor.fm. Just do a search for um, the gargoyle. It's G A R G Y L E because it's a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Uh, And you can find links to all of these uh, social medias and links to Eric's social media as well at gargoylereviews.wixsite.com slash the gargoyle. So, until next time, uh, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. As always, you can find us where horror abounds.